Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, listening friends. This is a day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it here on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. And we appreciate you tuning in with us. I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I also welcome you on behalf of Elder David Wise. We're partners in this ministerial effort, and we invite you to our respective churches. I pastor Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and he pastors Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church on Highway 15 near Ackerman, Mississippi. Both of our churches meet 1030 a.m. every Sunday morning. Go to the website that uh, is associated with this broadcast. It's gospel-of-grace.com. You'll be able to find uh, frequently asked questions, links, uh, church locator, and archived messages. We have been blessed for several years now to host a abbreviated service and fellowship every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. in Starkville, Mississippi, not far from the Mississippi State University campus. We are on the grounds of New Covenant Church, and that's located at 200 West Garrard Road, that's G-A-R-R-A-R-D, in Starkville, Mississippi. We meet at 6 p.m. every Wednesday night and would love to have you. We present for you today a series of messages regarding the Apostle Paul as our pattern. Bear with us, stay with us, and right after this hymn, we'll be right back with today's message.
Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace Radio Broadcast. And I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I'm turned in my Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we read in 1 Timothy chapter 1, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and he points to himself as a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now, obviously what he's saying when he says hereafter believe on him to life everlasting is that he didn't believe to gain life everlasting, but he's believing because he was granted through the grace and the mercy and the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus everlasting life, and his belief was the evidence of that. Again, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You don't believe to become born of God. You believe because ye are born of God. The words of Jesus in John chapter 5, verse 24, Verily, verily, Whosoever heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, that means already is in possession of, everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. Multiple other passages of scripture could prove that belief is the evidence of everlasting life, not the cause of everlasting life. So obviously when the apostle Paul said that the Lord had blessed him with much long suffering, that much of Paul's life he had lived as an evil, wicked, ne'er-do-well. Oh, he was full of religion, but totally void of Jesus Christ. But yet, the Lord, God on high, the perfect judge, suffered his rude manners, his hatefulness, his malice against the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, because he would work a work in him, and the work that he would do in him would be a pattern now, what is a pattern? Well, certainly a pattern is uh, something that you look at that is meant to be replicated, that it is one that you look at that represents the commonality of many things, okay? A dress pattern is one, and it can be used to replicate many, many, many countless dresses uh, for a good seamstress. So how is it that it can be said that the Apostle Paul was a pattern, to believers. Well, let's examine the life then of the Apostle Paul and the situations of his life uh, during his life and when he came to everlasting life and came to believe and to serve the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we'll see if we can find commonalities in our experiences. So first, I'd look at his lineage. Uh, his lineage, he was a Jew. I'm a Gentile. So there's no likeness in the pattern there. He was a Jew born of the tribe of Benjamin. And what about his raising? Well, he was raised under strict observance of the law. Uh, he said regarding the law, he was without blame. He was blameless. He was circumcised the eighth day according to the law. He was much zealous for the law of God. Well, I was not raised under the law. Uh, and many people who are uh, born-again believers in Jesus Christ. In fact, I would say most alive today by the vast majority have never tried to live strictly under the law of Moses. So I don't really see how that is a pattern that carries with it likeness to my experience. So I can't believe that that's the pattern. 
Uh, what about his uh, education? Well, he was very highly educated according to the standards of the Jews. He came up under the teachings of Gamaliel, who was uh, the master of the law, a wonderful and well-known rabbi, not only uh, mentioned in the scriptures, but also in Jewish history. Well, I did not come up under such intensive religious training. No, I went to North Pike High School in Summit, Mississippi. I went to get an associate degree in nursing from Southwest Mississippi Community College in Summit, Mississippi. I've educated myself in many things through reading and through coursework, things of that nature. But my education is nothing compared to the education of the Apostle Paul. In fact, the organization Mensa, which is a collection, a collective of many people with extremely high IQs, some of the most brilliant people in the world, uh, one time they made a top 10 list of the most brilliant people on the face of the world during history, and the Apostle Paul was in that top 10. Uh, his rhetoric, his logic, uh, the way that he teaches, they said he was an absolutely brilliant man. So I'm not an absolutely brilliant man, and if you've listened to this broadcast very long, you can hardly amen that. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I just try to do the best that I can with what I have, but what I have is nothing like what the Apostle Paul enjoyed. So I would say that education, mm, that's not part of the pattern of which he spoke. Uh, let's look at another facet of his life that uh, so many people say, well, we as born again uh, children of God were brought to that everlasting life because we heard and believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And somebody may say, well, see, there you go. There's the pattern. But Again, the pattern originated with the Apostle Paul, you see. He is the pattern, and if we are to find likeness in our experience, it must be reflective of the pattern. So I look at his experience, and was he brought to everlasting life through the preaching of the gospel? Absolutely not. Friends, he was on the road to Damascus to kill Christians, to kill preachers of the gospel. He had wasted the church. Uh, he had heard one of the most able sermons uh, ever recorded in the book of Acts, and that of Stephen. He watched Stephen, who had said, preach the gospel as if he had the face of an angel. He watched him be stoned to death cruelly and unjustly uh, by a group of Jews while he held their coats and consented unto his death. No, my friends, there was no one there on the road to Damascus that day uh, preaching to him, begging him to accept the Lord Jesus into his heart. Certainly not. He had heard much preaching and all it ever did was make him angry. It just stirred up his malice. So certainly uh, being born again through the gospel, hearing the gospel was certainly not part of the pattern. Okay. Uh, let's look at another facet. In his conviction experience. Well, I thank God that I've come under conviction under the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the Lord quickened me, made me alive by his spirit, and wrote his laws upon my heart, as is described in the word of God. And I came to be sensit, be sensible of my sins. I saw myself for what I was. In Romans chapter 7, the apostle Paul said, sin revived and I died. When the commandment came, that means when that law was written in his heart, sin revived and he died. Well, that's been my experience. And friends, I would say that's been the experience of everyone who's ever come under conviction and been converted to the truth regarding the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, his conviction experience, is that the commonality? 
Well, the, the thing is, my friends, I came under conviction by hearing the gospel preached. But the Apostle Paul came under conviction uh, directly because he was stricken down by a bright and shining light, and it was the very resurrected presence of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I believe Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, is in my heart, but I've never seen that bright and shining light. I've never had scales fall over my eyes. Uh, I, I've never had that conviction experience, that converting experience that he had. In fact, when you hear people's experiences, many people have long and glowing uh, dramatic experiences where they were convicted under the sound of the gospel. And many people have always remembered their entire lives loving God and loving Jesus Christ and wanting to serve him and believing in him. So apparently, my friends, they were born again very young and convicted at a very young age. Is that the pattern? Well, no, I wouldn't say that it was because it's not common, exactly the same. The way it happened to the Apostle Paul, it didn't happen exactly the same way for me, just like it didn't happen exactly the same way for my father and didn't happen exactly the same way for my dear wife. I could go on and on. So I do not believe that that is the pattern under consideration. Let's look at another facet. In how much the Apostle Paul did for Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, most of the New Testament scriptures were written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit using the Apostle Paul. Oh, shoot, surely you can see his skill in rhetoric and in logic, his, his brilliant intellect. Uh, you can see his personality, how that he wasn't one that suffered fools very easily many times. Uh, he was rude in speech, so to speak, but he was powerful in his knowledge. And he just did so much. He spent and was spent in the service of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This man counted all that he had given up, all of the wealth, all of the esteem, all of the fame among the Jewish nation. He counted it but dung uh, so that he might win Christ. Is that the pattern? I mean, have I lived after that pattern? Well, I, I hope that I will attain to that one day. That would be wonderful. But friends, I've known very many sincere Christians uh, who have not, uh, by the uh, comparison to the Apostle Paul, done nearly as much in the name of Jesus Christ as did the Apostle Paul. In fact, I would say most who have ever, uh, you might even say none who have ever believed in Jesus, but certainly most, uh, easily you could say that, that have ever believed and served the Lord Jesus Christ have not come close to the efficacy and the faithfulness of the Apostle Paul. I don't worship him, but it is what it is. So, friends, and how much I've done for Jesus, I certainly don't see that commonality. I hope and pray that if it ever comes to it, that, you know, I can spend my entire life uh, in ex exorbitant ways, in exponential ways, serving Jesus Christ. I, I want to do that. I'm striving to do that. But certainly it does not pass the same muster as the level of the Apostle Paul. So I would not believe that how much I have done for Jesus or how much most people that I have known in Christendom have ever done for Jesus is part of that pattern. Let's look in the persecution of believers. I, I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul was uh, a scandalous rascal. He was mean. And I mean, downright cruel and mean. And he dragged off to death and stoning and imprisonment, uh, wasting the church, is that my pattern? Well, no. I mean, I was uh, apathetic. I was uh, 
you know, unregenerate at one time, and I was only concerned about my own uh, desires, my own life. Uh, you know, I was very unfeeling and uncaring for others unless it was something that contributed to me. I mean, unless I got something out of it, there, I had no interest in doing for other people. So, but I, you know, there's no way you could say that I persecuted believers. No, I would claim that I was a believer in Jesus Christ. I would identify myself with the church of Christ, even though I wasn't in love with the church of Christ. So certainly that's not part of the pattern. Uh, certainly isn't that way for me. And I know that there are some alive today who have persecuted the church and came under great conversion, but not most Christians. So certainly I wouldn't think that in the persecution of believers, that that's part of it. What about in the exhibition of miraculous signs? Now, I, I've talked for you before here on the Gospel of Grace broadcast how that those signs were meant for a season. In fact, that's the entirety of biblical history. You do not see great uh, volumes of miracles being done throughout Genesis to Revelation. No, but you do see certain periods of time in the needful times of the people of God where God blessed men uh, to do great uh, miraculous deeds. So biblical history is punctuated with miracles, times and seasons of miracles, but that's not the general rule of biblical history. And the miracles that we saw in the New Testament age, when the church was in its infancy, before there was uh, complete uh, inspired canon of Holy Scripture to give us the full revelation that we need to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, there were great miracles to affirm these things, to confirm to the Gentiles that they were privy to the exact same blessings and love of Christ that the Jews were. So there was a reason for that period of great signs that we see described in the book of Acts and in the days of Jesus Christ. But yet we see indications in the word of God that the tongues would cease, that uh, uh, the healings would cease, and that the inspired knowledge uh, would cease. Well, uh, he was able to do those miraculous signs. It's recorded in the word of God. Friends, I haven't been able to do that. Now, many people would say, well, I'm part of an order and we do those things all the time. Oh, do you? Well, if you're able to and you haven't gone to the local hospital and raised the sick, then friends, uh, I would doubt you. Now, someone would say, well, you can't make those people in the hospital have faith, but people who have faith, oh, they, they're healed all the time. Well, true, my friends, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can lead to healing, but I don't believe in divine, I believe in divine healing, but I do not believe in divine healers. The only divine healer uh, that we see in the world today is the direct power from heaven of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, faith can bring forth healing, but even some of the people with the absolute greatest faith I've ever seen, still, if they get bitten by a snake, they'll die. Still, no matter how much faith they exercise, yet they can get sick of a disease and they can die. Uh, friends, the uh, apostles, none of the apostles during the life of the Lord and Savior Christ ever suffered death, even though there were many who would have loved to have slain them, but they were under special protection because of the life of Jesus Christ. And friends, they were preserved. But you know what? As much faith as I exercise, if someone breaks into my house and stabs me, I can die. You see, we see this all the time. So, Look at the vast numbers of people who have a tender heart for Christ, who worship, 
who are faithful and go to the house of worship. They love the Lord. They love to uh, communicate to other people what the Lord has done for them. They love to read the Holy Scriptures. They weep with joy and they weep out of conviction. Uh, they are condescending to men of low estate. They are doing all the things that they can do in the name of Jesus for other people. Uh, now about it, these said the apostle Paul in first Corinthians chapter 13, faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Notice he, he preached first Corinthians chapter 13. He wrote that to the church at Corinth because they were putting too much of a focus on the miraculous signs. And he said, I, I show unto you a better way. The better way, my friends, is what we have in the church ubiquitously today, and that is faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, a hope that heaven will be our home through his uh, death, uh, life, death, and resurrection, and his intercession seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, but the greatest of these is charity. You know, faith and hope will not carry over into heaven. Faith and hope are given us while we live here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, you see, the evidence of things not seen. So my friends, when we arrive to where we hope to be and we see those things that now we cannot see, we won't need the faith anymore. In like manner, hope. Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul uh, says that if you're able to see that, why do you hope for it? That which is seen is not hoped for, but you hope for that for which you see not. But you see it through an eye of faith. You see it through the spirit that reveals it unto you in the heart but yet you're not looking at Jesus seated at the right hand of the majesty on high right now. You're not able to see the angels coming directly before the throne of the Father. Uh, you're not able to see the disembodied souls and spirits of all of our loved ones who are now dwelling in heaven. You're not able to see that, but you have a lively hope in Jesus Christ that that will be. So friends, even though these people, think about how many people uh, have that faith, hope, charity? How many people are doing the good works? How many people are ministering to people in the name of Jesus Christ, but yet they have never claimed to speak Portuguese or any unknown tongue other than their native language? Ah, but they do know, my friends, the wonderful uh, speech of the gospel. They rejoice in that. They believe in it. They walk in it in faith. Would anyone dare tell such a soul uh, that you are bereft of eternal life because you have not had a cloven tongue of fire upon your head, that you've never been able to raise someone from the sick, that you suffer trials and travails here in this life just simply because you do not exercise enough faith, which, by the way, is a recent pagan uh, entrance into the so-called gospel. Even the apostle Paul, the most faithful of the disciples, had great rigor and great trials during their life. And they were the most faithful people who have ever lived that you could ever point to and say, these were men of faith and women of faith, but yet they faced great privation, great poverty, great trials and tribulations, but they were wealthy and rich in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Don't tell me that uh, that's part of the great miraculous signs that we are to expect in the church. No, friends, those signs were for a season. And while I do not deny that when God so chooses, he can send down a miracle from heaven that all those who behold could not deny that there was a supernatural divine power, a righteous power behind it. I don't doubt that at all. But should we expect that? Should we think that our confession and our experience in the Lord's church is vain because we've never witnessed such things? No, no, a thousand times no. 
So here we've spoken about eight facets of the comparison of our lives, our experience in Christ with the Apostle Paul. And friends, I'm here to tell you not one of the eight that I've mentioned, and I'll summarize them for you again, his lineage and raising, his education, uh, what, you know, what the gospel did for him and didn't do for him, his conviction experience in how much he has done in the service of Jesus Christ, how much he has suffered in persecution of believers. I think I might have skipped in how much he suffered. Friends, I don't have to spend a lot of time on how much the Apostle Paul suffered being whipped, being shipwrecked, uh, being imprisoned, being stoned almost to death, and then eventually martyred. I skipped that when I apologize, but how much he suffered, I can't compare my experience with that. How about you? And again, in persecution of believers and in exhibition of miraculous signs, there are eight or nine right there that, friends, my experience does not match the pattern. It just doesn't. So I would have to conclude that none of those are those things that are common in the experience to all believers who will enjoy everlasting life through the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But yet there's got to be something we can see that matches that pattern. And friends, I have several that I would like to deliver to you, but it'll have to wait until our next time together. Study upon these things, pray on them, and please, I implore you uh, to tune in every Sunday to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. Go to gospel-of-grace.com. You can listen to archived messages. If you miss the next message in this series, then by all means, you can pull it up on that website and listen to it in full. But until we're able to address this text unto you again, may the Lord's special blessings be upon you all. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caldonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from The Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.